Hello and thank you for logging on to the Memory Gauge, your new favourite Digimon card game podcast. I'm your host Connor and in today's episode, timing is everything. That's right, we're going to be talking about effect timing in the Digimon card game. The Digimon card game has a lot of different effects that occur at many different moments during the game and it can be hard to know exactly when everything is meant to occur and the order in which these effects resolve can sometimes be the difference between victory and defeat. Knowing what order your effects will happen in and how to manipulate that to your advantage is a great way to evolve your game so we're going to go through in great detail the timing of various effects in the Digimon card game. But first, quick announcement, it's just two weeks until the pre-release of Special Booster version 1.0, the first English Digimon card game release. I'd love to get some content out for you guys that's specific to the release, so I will be putting a poll on Twitter, at ConnorEFMG. If you're interested, please pop over and vote for the kind of content that you would like to see for the pre-release. And now for our main topic. So we are going to be walking through a full turn cycle of the game. Our full turn and then our opponent's turn. And along the way we're going to talk about when each effect timing occurs and how we can kind of use and manipulate them to our advantage. So on your Digimon cards you will see various words or phrases in blue boxes in the text box. That is the timing for when an effect occurs or can be used. And as we go through the turn cycle, we're going to be talking about when those various timings do start to take place. So my opponent passes the turn over to me and my turn begins. First, I have my active phase. So all of my Digimon and my Tamers that were rested, so that were turned sideways because of attacks or effects, become active. I get to turn them so that they can be used again. Additionally, at this point, any effects with the timing start of your turn activate. For example, the Tai Kamiya from the base set, this is the red memory table one, has the effect start of your turn. If you have two or less memory, set your memory to three. So at the start of my turn, this tamer is going to check to see whether I have two or less memory, and if I do, it will set it to three. That's when that effect occurs straight away once my opponent's turn is over and all their effects have resolved. Also as my active phase begins any effects I have that happen on your turn, so they say your turn, begin to activate. Now some of these effects will only happen or start to happen if certain conditions are met. For example on my field I have the War Greymon from the Gaia Red starter deck which has a main effect, well not a main effect, it has a your turn effect which says for every two Digivolution cards this Digimon has it gains security attack plus one. So as soon as my opponent passes the turn to me and all of their effects resolve, my War Greymon starts to check does it have two Digivolution cards? If so it gets security attack plus one. Does it have four Digivolution cards? If so it gets security attack plus two. And if Somehow it only has three Digivolution cards, but over the course of my turn it gains another Digivolution card. Then the effect will still be checking to see whether that's the case, and then it will suddenly gain the extra security attack. Other effects, other your turn effects, don't need to have any conditions met except that it needs to be my turn. So if my War Greymon has the starter deck Agumon in its Digivolution cards, The Agumon has an inheritable effect which says your turn. This 
Digimon gets plus 1,000 DP. That's going to happen immediately because there's no other conditions I need to meet for those that to happen. So as soon as my turn passes over, that effect begins to take place. My Wargreymon gets plus 1,000 DP. So after the active phase is my breeding phase. Now we need to remember the breeding area is a separate area from the rest of the game for most purposes. So at the time of this recording, there aren't really any cards that reference the breeding phase in their timing. There's no sort of breeding phase timing. In this phase, I have to decide if I'm going to hatch a Digi-Egg, which I can only do if I don't already have a card in my breeding area, as we know, or move a level 3 or higher Digimon from my breeding area to the field. I can also only do one of these, and I can't Digivolve before this phase of my turn. So if I start my turn with a level 2 in the breeding area, I won't be able to Digivolve it and then move it out this turn, barring sort of certain card effects. I believe there is a Mimi Tamer that does actually let you get around this by essentially giving you a second breeding phase effect. But for the most part, you need to remember that as your turn starts, if you've got a level 2 in that breeding area, it's going to be staying there. You won't get an opportunity to move it out because you can't possibly digivolve it up before it is time for you to decide whether or not you can move it out. So after I pass through my breeding phase, then my main phase begins. This is where the bulk of the turn happens. You can play cards, digivolve, and attack. And it's really important to note that you can do this in any order, but we'll come back to that. So if you look at your option cards, each of these has the timing main. So this is an effect that occurs in your main phase. It only happens when you play the card from your hand and you can only play the card from your hand during your main phase. So all of these effects happen during the main timing. You'll also see the main timing on certain Tamer cards. For example, I have an Izzy Izumi in play and Izzy Izumi has an effect which reads <clears throat> Main, if you have a level 5 or higher green Digimon in play, you can suspend this Tamer to reveal the top card of your deck. If that card is a Digimon card, add it to your hand, otherwise place it at the bottom of your deck. So, these effects that occur on the main timing are kind of usually abilities that you have to choose to activate. Either they're on cards that you have, option cards that you have to choose to play, or they're on Tamers and it's an ability you have to choose to activate. So the main timing is telling you when you can choose to activate that effect. This is different to a Tamer like Joe Kido. This is the blue Joe Kido, which says your turn. If you discard the Digivolution source of an opponent's Digimon by resting this card, get plus one memory. So this Tamer has a your turn effect. So the effect starts happening at the beginning of my turn and will no longer be active once the turn passes to my opponent. So Joe Kido has a your turn effect as opposed to main. So this is just one. There's one of those ones that will start checking for its effect at the start of my turn and will then stop happening once the turn passes to my opponent. So as we've already mentioned, you can choose to Digivolve, play cards and attack during your main phase. Now these actions aren't divided into separate phases as they are in some other card games. So in a lot of other card games, you will have very rigid sort of phases where this is when you play cards, this is when you digivolve or evolve or whatever, this is when you attack, this is when you get to play cards again, then you end your turn. Not so in Digimon. You can kind of choose what order you do all of these different things during the main phase of your turn. You can choose to attack first or play cards and Digivolve. You can attack with your Digimon, play a card, Digivolve, then attack with your next Digimon. All these kind of different 
orders that you can do things. So sequencing, which is a word that we use to refer to the order that you perform your actions in, sequencing becomes very important. Do you digivolve first so that you can draw as many cards as you can before attacking so that you have the most information to work with? Or do you attack first before spending any memory so that you can keep as many sort of options open as you can before you commit to your attacks? There's no really hard and fast right answers to this, but just asking the questions is really going to up your game. Just making sure that as you play, you're thinking about do I want to do this now or after I've done a different effect can really start to level up your game and advance the way that you're playing. So we've talked about your turn triggers. We've talked about main triggers. We've talked about at the start of your turn triggers. The next trigger I'd like to talk about is the Digivolve triggers. So the trigger timing is when Digivolved and it occurs when you Digivolve into that Digimon. For example, if I Digivolve a green level 3 into the Togemon we're getting in 1.0, the Togemon's effect which says when evolving, reveal the top 3 cards of your deck, add one level 5 or more Digimon from amongst them to your hand, put the rest on the bottom of your deck in any order, that effect is going to activate as soon as I Digivolve up into this Togemon, provided that I'm Digivolving in the battlefield. This effect is not going to occur if I'm Digivolving this card onto a Digimon in the breeding area because again that area is separate from the rest of the game and effects don't kind of cross over into the main game. So I Digivolve my Togemon onto a level 3 that's in the battlefield and it's when evolving effect activates. Simple as that. There are also certain triggers that are on play effects. Now these occur any other time that a Digimon comes into play. This includes playing the Digimon straight from your hand, and it also includes if it comes into play by any other means. If a card effect puts it into play, for example, or if it returns from your trash, any of those kinds of effects. If it comes onto the battlefield from any other way, it's going to activate its on play effects. So I have the Palmon that we're getting in 1.0. I play it straight from my hand. It has an effect when played, reveal the top three cards of your deck, add a level four Digimon from amongst them to your hand, put the rest on the bottom of your deck in any order. I'm going to do that as soon as I play this Palmon out from my hand. I'm also going to do that if an effect returns it from my trash to the battlefield. I'll also do it if it comes out of my Digivolution sources and is put onto the field. Um, the only time that I'm not going to activate an on-play effect. There are only two times I'll do that. One is if it comes into the field digivolved onto something else, because that would be a when evolved, as opposed to a on-play. And the other time that I won't activate those effects is if I'm moving the Palmon from my breeding area onto the battlefield, because the Digimon is not coming into play, it's just moving from one area of the game field to another. So important to note, that if you're playing or digivolving your cards into the breeding area, it keeps them safe, but it stops you from activating those on-play or on-evolving effects. There are other triggers that we need to worry about as well, and the first is on-deletion. On-deletion occurs when the Digimon's destroyed and sent to the trash by any effect. So, if I have Impmon, which is a purple level 3 that we're getting at 1.0. It has 1000 DP if I attack with it and it gets blocked because it has 
the minimum amount of DP, it will be destroyed and its effect is going to activate. Its effect says on deletion, trash the top three cards of your deck. So as soon as that Impmon is sent from my field to the trash by an effect or by the effects of battle, it's going to activate that effect. Important to note that on deletion does not occur if I am attacked and the Infmon is revealed as a security Digimon. It's not being trashed. Its effects don't activate. It only does that sort of security battle with the opponent's Digimon. It goes to the trash, but it's on deletion effects. Don't activate. It's not being deleted. So important caveat to the on deletion. Usually really, really good. Not so good if it comes up as a security Digimon. And finally, we have effects that get triggered when attacking. So the trigger timing is when attacking. To really understand how these work, we need to understand the sequence of events that happens for an attack to occur. So we can break that down into sort of five steps. The first step, if I'm attacking with my Digimon, say my Metal Garurumon, I'm going to declare the attack and rest my Digimon. So I'm going to declare I'm attacking my opponent's security and I will rest my Metal Garurumon. So important to remember for the entirety of the attack sequence, once you've declared the attack, your Digimon is rested. This is important to remember for things like Trump Sword coming up from the security. This is a card that deletes an unrested or unsuspended Digimon. So important to note that you rest your Digimon before any of the other parts of the attack happen. So it's always going to be rested when you're comparing any other effects that might be coming up. So you declare your attack, rest your Digimon, then you select your target. So remember, you need to remember that as you're looking at your when attacking effects, as you're looking at any other effects, they only care about the target that you selected when you made the attack and you got to the select target step in the attack sequence, okay? So if you have an effect that occurs when you battle with or when you attack and destroy another Digimon, for example, I'm not sure if such a thing exists, we're just going for an example, if you declare an attack on your opponent's security and they block, that effect is not going to happen. That effect is only happening if you are purposefully attacking your opponent's Digimon, okay? So, need to remember to select the correct targets to get the effect that you want. So once you've selected your target, you will resolve effects. So, important to note, this occurs before blockers get chosen, before security checks occur. So, this is another reason that your effects don't really care about if you get diverted by a blocker because they've already resolved by the fact by the time that blockers get chosen. So you will resolve your win attacking effects, then your opponent is going to choose whether or not to block after your effects are resolved, and then finally you will resolve the battle slash security check. You will compare the relative DPs of your Digimon if you're attacking your opponent's Digimon or if they've blocked, you will check the security cards if you're attacking their security. Now, when there are multiple effects that are occurring at the same timing, the player whose turn it is, that is the turn player, gets to choose the order in which these effects resolve. So when you attack, if you have more than one when attacking effect, perhaps because of some inheritable skills, you get to choose which order they resolve. So in this scenario, I have a Metal Garurumon, the one from the 1.0 set, Digivolved from the Zudamon from the 1.0 set, and also Digivolved from the Starter Deck Garurumon. So this particular Digivolution chain gives me three effects that activate when attacking. My opponent 
only has one Digimon and that Digimon only has one Digivolution card. So I'm going to sequence my effects so that the starter deck Garurumon's effect occurs first. So the starter deck Garurumon's effect is when attacking, discard a Digivolution source from the bottom of one of your opponent's Digimon. So I choose to activate that first. And I choose to discard the Digivolution source from the bottom of my opponent's Digimon so it no longer has a Digivolution source. Then I'm going to sequence my effects so that the Zuromon's effect occurs next. So this effect says when attacking, if your opponent has a Digimon with no Digivolution sources, get plus one memory. So now that my opponent has a Digimon that has no Digivolution sources, because remember, we trashed it using the Garurumon's effect, I get to add that plus one memory. And then finally, I choose to activate the Metal Garurumon's effect. So this is the effect that says when attacking, play a level four or less Digimon from this Digimon's Digivolution source as a separate Digimon without paying its cost. So I move my Garurumon onto the field. If it had an on play effect, this is when it would activate. And then the sequence is done. So notice how the way that I sequenced those effects was very important because if I had done it in any other way, I wouldn't have got the benefit. If I hadn't done the Garurumon's effect and then the Zudamon's effect, I wouldn't have gotten the additional memory. And if I'd done the metal Garurumon's effect first, then I wouldn't have gotten to discard the Digivolution source at all because I would have been forced to move my Garurumon out. So it's very important to think through your effect sequencing and to make sure you're doing everything in the order that is most beneficial to you. If you have one takeaway from this episode, I hope that it's that to start thinking about the sequencing of your effects and just making sure before you decide what order everything goes in, what is the order that's going to be most beneficial to you. And now that our attack is done, we play a card, setting the memory gauge to one on our opponent's side of the field, and it becomes their turn. Now, it's important to note that the turn doesn't pass over as soon as the memory gauge ticks over, okay? That is, the memory gauge ticking over causes us to begin to turn the turnover, but first, all unresolved effects have to resolve. So, if I've attacked my opponent with Seraphimon, while it has security attack plus one, so this is the um, this is the 1.0 Seraphimon, which if I have security three or more, I get security attack plus one. So it has security attack plus one. I am attacking with the Seraphimon. I'm going to perform two security checks. As long as my Seraphimon does not get destroyed by an option card or a security Digimon, it will check two security cards. This happens even if the first card revealed is, for example, Vulcan's Hammer, which is going to give my opponent plus two memory. Now, even if that plus two memory sets the memory gauge to my opponent's turn, there are still unresolved effects. There is still a security check on my side of the field that is currently happening that hasn't been resolved yet. So we check the second security card, resolve those effects, and then the turn changes. So while your Vulcan's Hammer is very good, it's not going to change the turn in the middle of the security attack. The only thing that's going to stop the security attack in the middle of it is if the attacking Digimon is destroyed before it completes all its extra security checks. So then it becomes our opponent's turn and all of our effects, which say they occur on your turn and these effects, once the turn changes over, no longer apply. 
But as soon as the turn becomes our opponent's, any effects we control which say they occur on opponent's turn begin to activate, or they begin to check if their parameters are correct for them to activate. So for example, we have the black Taikamiya on our side of the field. This is another memory tamer, and it also has an effect that says opponent's turn, all of your black Digimon get plus 1000 DP. So as soon as the turn passes over to our opponent, that Taikamiya is going to give all of our black Digimon plus 1000 DP. And there's only one more effect timing that we need to consider. It is all turns. That's the timing. It says all turns on the cards. Now, the example that we've chosen for this is a really, really cool card. It is Chumon. So this is a black level three and it has both players turns. Sorry, not all turns, both players turns. Or all turns, depending on if you're looking at the proxies or the official cards. Your opponent can't gain memory except with tamer effects. So in both our turn and our opponent's turn, that effect is constantly checking. And if there's ever a card effect that happens that would cause our opponent to gain memory, the Tumon negates that effect, stops it from happening. These effects are very powerful, obviously, because we don't need to sort of make sure the parameters are correct. We don't only get them for a certain amount of time. These effects are constantly happening. They're sort of set and forget. So these can be really cool. I would keep an eye on any effects that say that they occur on all turns. And that brings us to the end of our episode. A nice quick one this week, especially compared to last week's set review. Hopefully you found this deep dive into effect timing helpful. As I said, if there's one takeaway that I want you to have from this episode, it is that when you do things is just as important as what you do. Digimon can seem simple on its surface, but sequencing is just as important in this game as in any other, and as you work to evolve your game, it's something you should always be considering as you play. Because we need to remember that it's not just deck building that's going to help us be good players, but also the way that we actually play the game. Sequencing is a huge part of that, and I hope that this episode has inspired you to start thinking more about the order and the way that you sequence your effects. My question to you, listeners, in the majority of situations, should you attack before playing cards and digivolving, or should you wait until after you've played your cards and digivolved? Please tweet at me, at EFMG. If you have any other questions, comments, feedback, or concerns, please email them to me at memorygagepodcast at gmail.com. Also, please don't forget to answer that poll that I'm putting up on Twitter about what kind of content you would like to see for the pre-release of special booster version 1.0 tune in weekly for new episodes thank you so much for listening this is the memory gauge logging out